This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. On the 120th episode of the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we have a good one lined up for you. Joey, unfortunately, could not be in studio, but he joined us on the phone. Say hi, Joey. Hi, y'all. We're also going to talk about Sweet Tommy Laren's Rough Week. We're going to get into some crazy quotes from Rex Tillerson. And we're going to close the program with a dramatic reading from the 45th President of the United States, Donald Trump. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss this one. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Mandatory Samson Podcast, voted America's favorite podcast by my mom. Quick hits on climate change today. Kurt Eichenwald and President Trump's possible ties to Russia. Then, oh, sweet Tommy Laren's rough week. We're going to get into that. Sweet Tommy, won't you be mine? Trump's wiretapping claims. Students and teachers having sex with them. Then, we're going to get into the bizarre tenure of our Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. And, of course, a world-famous Trump odds and ends. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined, as always... By Joseph Noe. Say hi to the people, Joey. Hi, y'all. Oh, whoa. Hey, Joey, you sound different this week. What's going on? Uh, I'm calling him by phone. That's that's true. All right, we're going to get into why that's the case in a second. I'm also joined in studio by the reliable Matt Weiss. Here with a fresh new haircut. Are we all just saying y'all, though? Is that that the thing to say for just Yeah, I'm saying y'all. Howdy, howdy, y'all. Y'all. Getting a little country today? Sure. A little rock and roll? I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm the rock and roll one there here. There you go, uh, Joey. W- well, welcome to the program, everyone. Matt, thank you for being here. Uh, Joey, what happened? Uh, basically, I decided to get my teeth worked on, and I mistimed everything. So I apologize for not being in studio, Christopher. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You actually called me this week, uh, as opposed to just showing up late and we had to start late. So that was good. I, I liked that. How are your teeth feel? What are you doing over there? I'm trying to plug in my card. Your card? Cord. Oh, cord. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But didn't we talk about this last phone. week? I... We talked about this last week. It sounds better when you just do what you're doing now. Try plugging the cord. No, 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 no. I, I didn't say Bluetooth. I'm trying to plug my charger in, bro. Oh, maybe you should say charger instead of cord, and then I know what the fuck you were talking about. I got, I got what you were saying. Shut up, Matt. Uh, all right. So, Joey, your teeth feel okay, Yes. It felt great. You're able to do this? Yes, uh, let's do this. All right. Uh, we do have an email from Tanner that we're going to get into in a minute. He, uh, It's in regards to our conversation about police being dicks last week, or those cops specifically being dicks last week. Uh, so we'll get into that in a minute. We also got an email from David. He sent a link that relates to the teachers banging students thing I was talking about, which we're going to get into another fun conversation <laughs> uh, this week that Matt's concerned about, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. Uh, so that'll come That's up later. It is going to be a little, it's going to be fun. Um, and then also, I just want to say off the top of the show, it's been one year today. Unfortunately, since me, uh, me, my family, we had to put our dog Stanley to sleep. It's been one year. Uh, 
we love the little pup. He was a beagle mix. He was such a interesting, sweet little character. And I miss him. He was he was great. And Joey, he loved you too. You knew him a lot. I know. Stan, me and Stan go way back. Yeah, yeah. Back. Since he was a little little pup from the North Shore Animal League, absolutely. Puppers. Yeah. Anyway, love you, Bubba, and uh, you know, great dog. Just want to say that off the top of the show. Nice, an impromptu moment of silence. Thank you. Uh, all right. Do you guys want to get into this email? Let's yeah, do, it. do it. So this is from Tanner. He says, hello, Chris. Did, was, that, was the opening to the show weird? I know I did it differently, but it was okay, right? A little more staccato. It was great. Just keep it rolling. Thanks. Don't even think about it. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, hello, Chris, Joey, and Matt. After listening to MSP 119, I was left a bit irritated with some of the overarching themes you guys put out in regards to the police topic. Okay. To premise, to premise this email, or preface this email, I will give you a slight look into who I am so you can understand my perspective. I'm a 22-year-old white, and then he puts in parentheses, all caps, privileged male, uh, who lives up in Washington State. I am an aspiring, uh, aspiring police officer, and I'm in the hiring process with the department as I type this. Side note, Washington State and the surrounding states have a multi-step process for becoming an officer, and I'll quickly list them if they interest you because I know you've talked about it on the podcast in the past. Written exam, physical test, both are scored. Board interview, the chief, local council, etc., also scored. If you score high enough, you uh, get asked to come back for a smaller, more personal interview. Intensive background check, several months long. Polygraph, psych and health medical evaluation. Uh, official job offer, and then a five-month academy training. That's great, but I also will say that I know for sure that Washington State is one of the more stringent places to apply to become a police officer it's a more progressive place there's a lot better stuff going on for the most part in washington state police departments just from what i know generally from reading on the subject i don't i mean i don't i was curious how you know about oh which yeah no i've just seen things about washington state like you know obviously it's a more progressive place so that you know there's just more and more of that and they don't arrest people for weed there after all Nope, smoke it if you got it. Uh, it's a long process around here, and it's meant to weed out. Oh, hilarious. Weed out bad candidates. In my opinion, it's difficult to become an officer here compared to what people may believe. No, well, I think I just said that. I agree. Um, anyways, I've done ride-alongs at almost 10 departments throughout Washington State to really get informed about what it means to be a police officer and the different types of them. Well, first of all, let me say this, Tanner. That's great. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. You're probably the example that we want. You know what I mean? But there's definitely people that are not the example that are doing the type of research and looking into it and, and preparing themselves the way you are. But I'll just, but okay. Uh, I've observed a lot of police citizen interactions and talked to a lot of them on a personal level about what goes on. This directly correlates to the situation that you guys discussed with the Uber driver lawyer. Yeah. Last week for people, if you didn't listen, although I can't imagine you didn't, but if you didn't listen, it was this guy who drives for Uber. He's a lawyer gets pulled over. The, he's filming the cop. The cop's like, Hey, you're being a jerk. Turn the camera off. He's like, uh, no, I'm going to keep filming. You know, it's just a kind of an uncomfortable interaction between the guy, uh, the Uber driver and the police and the police in this instance were definitely being, you know, dicks about the situation. Um, and also lying, uh, on a number of instances because he is allowed to film them. And okay. First, the ideas of, uh, the idea of cops having body cams is fine. In my opinion. Great. I've asked cops how they feel about it, and one of the state troopers told me, it's funny, when people record me because I do my job the right way, and they think they'll catch me slipping up, and that just doesn't happen. Well, yeah, that's good, but okay, sometimes they don't do their job, and it's better to have it on film than not have it on film. Well, and also... In my opinion. So, 
the police are recording things, and the police have all this evidence. And when they when they read your your Miranda right, they say anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. It's not it can't be used for you. So it be, it's good to have that on record for yourself. Sure. Oh, that's a great point. So yeah. they have they're under no uh, obligation to give you evidence if it supports your claim. Right. So it can't hurt. Right. Um, I think this should be every cop's mentality, but I can't see the opposition. Um, with that being said, wait, let me see. Uh, I can't see that. Oh, yeah. With that being said, it can be insulting to an officer and annoying when there's a camera in your face when you're just trying to do your job. Well, sure. But that's, to me, I, of course, I'm sure it's annoying, but part of the job. So you, that's just what it is. You have to make amends with that. You are a public servant. Your salary is paid by the person annoying you. And so you got to deal. You know, that is the reality of the situation. And, and we've seen in a number of instances where this would come in handy that you would film it, you know? And, and the purpose of the purpose of your job is not to have a fun time being a cop. It's not, I mean, lately I've, you've heard, I've read reports of like ICE agents are having, like they're saying my job is so much more fun now that Trump's in office. Hmm. Well, that's not your job. I don't want your job to be fun. I want your job to be a serious matter. Well, I want you to look, you know. I, I, I think you should enjoy protecting the people. I think you should take, pro- take pride in having, building a solid, being a solid community presence. Right. Well, I, listen, somebody, you, you come to work some days, you're not in the mood to be at work. But, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you have to do it. So that that's what your job is, and this is a job specifically police where you are taking on the extra burden because you're dealing with the public at large. You don't know who you're gonna deal with day to day, and you're taking on the responsibility of protecting and serving and trying to, you know, keep the peace. Essentially, that's that's your job. So, you know, you get annoyed, you get annoyed, but but I get it. It's, it's better to be annoyed than. If, I mean, I, I doubt if someone has a camera on them, they're not necessarily going to be as much of a threat. I mean, uh, agreed. I would think that's so definitely true. Yeah. I'd rather them be filming me than be worried if they have a gun. Uh, so. Absolutely. If you're not adhering to the commands an officer is giving you and you're not trying to aid the situation, then you're being a pain in the ass. Yeah, of course. But once again, not, yeah, of course. not illegal to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, it depends what you're doing. But like, I mean, like I, that's sort of my, my motto of like, okay, I'm if I get pulled over, I'm just going to go along with it and not be a dick. But yeah. At the same time. Like Tanner here, I have white privilege. I'm not. I'm not worried that a sh- like a cop is ever going to sh- shoot me or anything. It's like I, if I just go along with it, it'll go fine. In all likelihood, yes. So I can't speak to the different perspective there. Sure. Uh, granted, there are cops who have a much lower tolerance for people's bullshit. Yeah, they shouldn't be a cop, but what job doesn't have people misplaced? Yeah, well, t- totally. See, I like the way that. T- Here's the thing. I-, I appreciate that Tanner wrote in because it's a cogent email. It's not like he's screaming at us, but he's just laying out a case. But also, it's like, yeah, you're 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 seeing both sides of it, which which I do appreciate. And of course, you're 22. This is something that you've probably been looking forward to doing for quite a while. Now you're going through the process, so I understand you being, you know, a little defensive of it, or at least trying to put your point of view out there. Also, you recording some interaction is pointless in a lot of places in 2017. In Washington, any department that has any equipment updated in the last 10 years has video and audio recordings of any call they respond to. In any lawsuit or problem concerning that call, that can be summoned. Yes and no, because we've seen it happen before where it's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. The the, the dash cam audio went out. Cops, <laughs> you know, like yeah, shit, ha- so shit can happen. Cops, you know what I mean? cops have a habit of looking. So conveniently, the feed was lost. Right. Cops have a habit of looking out, out for their own, and that's a problem that we've seen. Well, pe- definitely, but I think groups of people tend to look out for their own, it's, but right. It's but a, tribal, a tribalistic yeah. nature and instinct, and that's, I mean, it's the same sort of instinct that drives our fear of others. Sure. Uh, back to the lawyer guy. He shouldn't have been an asshole and pointed the camera at the cops and just cooperated because he knew he didn't do anything wrong and it would have made the situation 100 times more smooth. Maybe, maybe not. You know, that's possibly, but 
He has the right to film it, and I don't have a problem with him doing that. Instead, he provoked that dumb cop, right, who told him to put away the video and made them deal with it. Yes, you're legally okay to record something. Sure, you could piss off a cop on video and catch him slip up or something, but it's not protecting your well-being or speeding the interaction up at all. You're just trying to be some viral internet video hero. In my opinion, it creates more problems than it solves. People always say they're for more privacy and less surveillance all the time, yet they bring videos to the internet that are 90% not the full context. Well... I don't know. I mean, I feel like we got the full context out of that video. Um, and again, the the it's easy to look at this because this one didn't end in a shooting or didn't end in something horrific. It just ended. Nothing happened. You know what I mean? So we just kind of see that it was an annoying interaction and that was the end of the day. But you you have no, you really don't know what it could have prevented or how that would have gone if there wasn't a camera or whatever. So, again, yeah, he, he definitely the lawyer. Let's not pretend that the lawyer didn't have somewhat of a dick tone, right? I mean, he was trying to do that as well. But the cop uh-huh. has to be prepared, in my opinion, to rise above that and just go, listen, the reason this person's being a dick to me is because of this uniform. It's not me personally. He's not, you know, and you have to just be able to to shrug some of this stuff off and, and let it go. Am I, Joey? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, to. Well, again, the the other thing that does happen is sometimes you have different personalities clash, too, because there's a reason why you're in that situation. And sometimes it's best if you do take a step back and just think about what the other person might think. Sure. Well, and also it's the you know, the cop is, of course, what I think gets lost in the shuffle all the time. The cop is in the position of power. Granted, it's power that's given to him by, you know, people in that community by just nature of the way that the job works, but it's a fa- fearful, anxious situation for the most part when you get pulled over. Even if it's not, even if you know for sure you have nothing in the car, you're not worried about it. It's still uncomfortable. It's not a common experience. So, you know, again, I think, I think the burden is primarily on the police officer for the most part to keep the situation calm and not, you know, exacerbate the situation. We've talked about it a hundred times. On I mean, the show. to quote Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility, but it's, it, if you're the one power, it's the onus is on you to rise up, rise above pettiness and just be, and be the more mature one in the interaction. Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, and to Tanner's point, yeah, there's definitely cops that are, you know, as in any profession, there's people that are in the wrong job and they can't do that. But okay, we should weed that out. And I would say the majority of cops are pretty upstanding people just trying, Probably, just yeah. trying to do the job. It's Probably. the the bad apples that get recorded. Like, and but I think they're te- they're the actions of the bad ones should be well, brought me, to attention. But, but here's the thing. Let me ask you this question now. This cop, the cop who's being the dick, who's like, can't film me. Whatever, you know, there's a law, and he's like, there's no law. What are, what are you talking about? I'm gonna arrest you. Is that guy a quote bad apple in the same sense of like the guy that choked out Eric Garner or whatever? No, but he's certainly not a guy that's helping the situation. He's annoyed. He's getting annoyed. And he's he's getting annoyed. He you can't have a short temper as a cop. And also, it's if your job has been forced the law, you have to know the law. Right. Well, you yeah, but he can make stuff up. The problem is, it's like should he be that? My point being, we say the majority of police are probably good upstanding they're following the rule you know they're they're doing the job the way it's supposed to be done which is probably true but is this guy would i don't think we'd include this guy in the list of bad apples but maybe he should be because it's like obviously his temperament is not correct tanner seems like he has the right temperament he was willing yeah. to sit down write out some thought you know what i mean it's like a, a calm person you see tanner tanner is having the taking the time to actually think of the, think these things through and right 
while I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what he wrote, but and there's I have some disagree, a few disagreements as I've stated, but I'd rather have someone who I disagree with but has thought out their opinion right. than someone who just blindly follows a group a herd mentality. Sure. So. Well, and it also seems to me, you know, and I'm, I'm making an assumption, but it doesn't seem like this is Tanner's only option. <laughs> no, it and, seems like something that he wants to do as opposed to like, well, I'll just become a cop. You know what but, I mean? Like, but, it seems like he's thought about this and that's what he wants to do. The person in the video just seemed like, oh. The, I mean, not to be a dick, but like, sounds like the small town cop of, okay, this was just like, this is just what I had to do. I'm not, but then he he knows this lawyer is smart. It's not a calling for him. And this, this, he knows, he sounded sort of offended that this lawyer knows he's smarter than him. Oh, of course, right. So that shouldn't happen. Like, right. That's why he, the one thing he has to be the authority on is he has to know what's the law and he has to know that he's, he can be recorded. Right. You can't, you can't just say, oh, that's illegal. No, that's totally legal. No, no law. That's your job. Of course. Uh, lastly, you guys talked about the cop at the end being a dick and provoking the lawyers to admit something. You don't know what came up when the plate was ran. Well, okay. He could have bought the car and it already had traffic stops registered. That's true. If you stop 50 times in the course of your life, the 51st time is more, uh, likely than the first time ever was. This could also be the reason he was stopped to begin with repeat offenders of any, well, that's true. But I also, when the cop said that the kid was like, this car? Really? Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I've been stopped. So he was trying to provoke him. I get it. But he he was trying to provoke him. Repeat offenders um, of anything have a higher chance of getting caught again. There is, in fact, a technique officers are trained to use in order to poke at people to get information. All right. Often officers deal with people who are, who are criminals or have a crime record. Uh, and they're a lot of the times not the brightest people. Well, okay. Uh, maybe some of the cops aren't the brightest people either. We're just, you know, come on. This means they're easy to catch in a lie or say something that gives a cop a reason to be suspicious. I don't think this technique is intended to pop people for a dime bag or something stupid, but potentially suspended driver's license or a warrant or of some sort. Suspended driver's license would come up in the search. That, that would come up as yeah. a hit. Um, same thing with the warrant. And I feel like they guarantee are trying to trip people up to get a dime bag. They're implying that the Uber driving lawyer had weed or something. That's what they were trying to find. I mean, they're probing for anything that they can try to just like, they're probably justify that. Happening. Yeah, I mean, right. and so yeah, it's in the right to do that. But at the same time, people should be like, it's in a citizen's right to not self incriminate. Like it's the fifth amendment. You have the right to not self incriminate yourself. Right. You have the right to remain silent. They don't have to say, you don't have to say a thing. Um, if you think that's wrong and cops shouldn't poke for extra information, then you really should do ride-alongs with local agencies if you can and see real incarcerations on a, uh, interactions on a daily basis. Yeah, I would do that. I, but again, I'm not the type of person that Can we do that? Yeah. We, on sure. podcasts, like we bring all the equipment, do everything, and we do it live as it's happening? I don't know if they'll let us do that, but we could, th- we could discuss that. Sure. Okay. The media has ruined the rep- representation for all... Excuse me. The media has ruined the reputation for all law enforcement. Well... I mean, law enforcement plays a role in that by doing shitty things, right? That gets filmed. It, it's not like they're just making things up. I don't think the... And also, I, you know, this, this is like probably the main part that I'm going to disagree with about the media being to blame or whatever. Um, the media reveres police. I mean, if you're talking about YouTube or different videos that people put out, then that's maybe a different story. But... Not a day goes by that you don't hear a cop referred to as a hero, which I think is a, a term that's, you know, we're fucking throwing hero around very loosely nowadays. Not that there aren't hero cops that do amazing things for sure, but you're not just a hero by the benefit of putting the uniform on. And that's how I feel about anything. You know what I mean? I don't just automatically go, oh, hero. Like, I mean, come on. So, okay. Out of the 50 plus police officers throughout the state I've met, 
left wing and right wing, they all have one thing in common. They love what they do. Well, that's good. And like I said, I think Washington State's probably a good example. Everybody makes mistakes. That's part of life. But a bad shot, uh, shot or misjudgment can happen to any officer, no matter the training. It's part of having guns in the world and being human. A bad shot is a cop's worst nightmare. 90 plus percent uh, of cops never discharge their service weapon in their career. And in that remaining percent, the smallest fraction may end in a fatal situation. And out of that tiny number of fatal shootings, a handful make it to huge media sources and become de- uh, depicted as bad or wrongful, which they should though. That's the problem. You know, I understand that, you know, Tanner, you're looking to become a cop, which is great. I'm sure you're going to be good at it. And you don't seem like the type of person that, you know, we're going to have a problem with. Like you said, people do make mistakes, but I think there's also, you know, you don't, Try to be in the mindset of you don't have to defend shittiness. You know what I mean? You can defend good things that you've done, but you can't. There's no reason to just blanket defend the entirety of police. It actually is more beneficial, I think, for good cops to call out bad cops. I understand that might be uncomfortable, that that's a, something that is not typically done, maybe things that can be punished through you know, just the culture of policing and whatever, but that's something that has to change, and I think that that's a huge aspect here and so that's just something that i want to you know put out there it's not necessarily the media's fault yeah things are getting blown up in a way that they never would have before but also police are more militarized than they ever were before and they're looking for the you know so there's a lot of stuff at play there and I, I think it's important to just keep that in mind there's endless situational factors and quote use of force trainings i'll give one that's surprising to me feel free to get an exact number on this i didn't an average male with a knife can close the distance. <laughs> an average male with a knife can close the distance of ten to fifteen yards and stab you before you have time to draw and fire a holstered pistol. Great argument for cops not having guns. The distance is reduced to six yards even when the gun is in hand and in down facing ready position. Well, so doesn't that so to me, doesn't that say like then why do you even have guns to begin with? Shouldn't you have knives? <laughs> okay. Right. That's I mean, not gonna be automatically drawn, Chris. Sure, you can walk around with a knife. I wouldn't have a problem if cops got rid of guns. I wouldn't have a problem walking around with knives. <laughs> just get a bunch of just get a bunch of uh, knife fighting cops. Yeah, it'll be like a scene out of uh, West Ninja Side Turtles. Story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, the media tarnishes the title police officer so much that the world's reaction is instantly fearful. I, power creates anxiety, creates fear in people, and also unfamiliar situations. Most people, how many, how often really do people get pulled over or have a real interaction with police in their lifetime? An average person, not people that are in like, you know, more crime areas or whatever, probably 10, 15 times. Like how many times do you really get pulled over? I probably been pulled over four times ever, you know, and I'm 31. So how many more times am I going to get pulled over? Well, not, th- and now you live in New York city. So it's not, right. Exactly I don't even drive now. Right. Um, all right. Let me see. Overall, the media tarnishes the police. I don't know. Again, I think the police are pretty fucking... I mean, the media is pretty reverential of police for the most part. The only way to change this persona is to meet cops and really understand what they do for a career. People throw out the statement, yeah, most cops are good, but this guy, they say that without any background into cops, misinformed, out-of-context media is awful. Sure, in any context, I agree. I just wanted to give you my little rant about police work because... It's what I'm striving to become, and it's really a great job that people skew so negatively nowadays. There are shitty cops and shitty people, but don't take what you see in the media at face value, just like you wouldn't with politics. Great pod, great people. Feathered. Chris, Joey, and Matt, I'm out. Tanner, that's a baller way to end the email. Congratulations. Um, yes, thank you for writing in. Yeah, we really do appreciate you taking the time to write in. Uh, feel free to you know write back anytime. But I also think, you know, I, you know, listen, I, I, don't, I think... 
having the idea that people automatically, I think a lot of people respect the police. I think probably the majority of people do, if we were going to actually say that sure. It seems like there's a lot of people that are like anti-cop or whatever, but people are anti-authority for the most part, generally. And the police are authority. Don't go into it with the idea that like, Oh, police are just, their reputation is being tarnished and it's negative. We're not going to get respect. If you treat people with respect, if you're respectful and you do the job the way that it seems like you're going to do it with, you know, the right intention and you're not, you know, you are there to help and like be a a positive force, then people are going to respect you back nine out of 10 times. And the ninth or whatever, the 10th time that they don't just take a deep breath and go, you know what? Uh, this is just that one person that's not going to, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. They're going to be a problem. And you're also encountering people for the most part on their worst day. You're getting called for domestic violence. You're getting called for this or that. Like the people are at, you know, they're at their end of their rope in a lot of ways when you're interacting with them, you're not running into them at a barbecue. You know what I mean? So there's plenty of domestic violence at a barbecue. Well, sure. Especially in the South. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, but so, uh, (laughs) But anyway, so that, that we appreciate the email, Tanner. That I think that was a well thought out email, and uh, feel free to write back anytime. I, I don't like you not being here, Joey. Normally, I'd wait for you to make a little, you know, comment there, and then I'd wait for Joey to say something so I could jump in. Right. It was a great email, and time to move on. Okay. Um, first thing we got: record-breaking climate change. The World Meteorological Organization report came out this week, and I got a couple of quotes in the email that I just want to put out there. David Carlson, who's a WMO World Climate Research Program director, says, even without a strong El Nino in 2017, um, which is just like warm, you know, like a essentially warm air over the ocean that that creates warmer temperatures along the coast. Excuse me, polar seltzer, black berry no black cherry we are seeing other remarkable changes across the planet that are challenging the limits of our understanding of the climate system we are now in truly uncharted territory okay jeffrey cargill who's a university of arizona glaciologist which seems like a dumb place to study glaciers in arizona but okay uh earth is a planet earth is a planet in upheaval due to human caused changes in the atmosphere in general drastically changing conditions do not help civilization which thrives on stability true Professor Sir Robert Watson from the University of East Anglia. He's a climate scientist, uh, former head of UN's climate science panel. While the data show an ever-increasing impact of human activities on the climate system, the Trump administration and senior Republicans in Congress continue to bury their heads in the sand. Our children and grandchildren will look back on the climate deniers and ask how they could have sacrificed the planet for the sake of cheap fossil fuel energy when the cost of inaction exceeds the cost of a transition to low-carbon economy. Thank you, Sir Robert Watson. That was very well said. Yes, Joey? Chris, I just want you to know that I'm very upset that I can't look you in the eye and tell you how terrible that was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow, that was harsh harsh words. This kid's ballsy as fuck when he's not in the room. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, nothing. I know where you live. Don't hang up on me. Please don't hang up on me. Oh, yeah. I, t- I told Joey. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I hung up? And he's like, not really. And I'm like, but I could. So you better watch your shit, bro. Um, all right. I just want to put that out there. As, as always, we continue to keep our eye on climate change, which is, you know, I mean, we're going to be in a period of steep inaction while Trump is president. Thank you, Ayn Randian objectivism. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Kurt Eichenwald. We talked about this a little while back. 
A Mr. John Ravella was arrested on Friday at his home in Salisbury, Maryland, for cyberstalking in connection with an attack on Newsweek writer Kurt Eichenwald. Ravello, who goes by at Jew underscore Goldstein on Twitter, allegedly oh. sent Eichenwald a Twitter message designed to cause a seizure, knowing the writer has epilepsy. Um, Ravello's 29 and a registered Republican, which is neither here nor there, but that was information that I saw. He They found screenshots in his iCloud from epilepsy.com of a list of common seizure causing images. So this guy obviously premeditated this whole thing. And here's some quotes from Ravello to other people, other users. He DM them. He goes, I hope this sends him into a seizure. Spam this at him. Let's see if he dies. I know he has epilepsy. So this seems like a pretty open and shut case for this piece of garbage that really, you know, went after Kurt Eichenwald and could have legitimately killed him. So, uh, it's good that somebody was arrested and we'll see what happens here. But I mean, it seems like they have a preponderance of evidence against this moron. I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, you sent me the email and this guy came up twice and I didn't know who it was. Can you explain it to me? Who? Kurt Eichenwald? No. Uh, hold on. Carlson, Tucker Carlson. Who the fuck is Tucker Carlson? I've never heard of this guy before in my entire life. What? Are you serious? Why is Tucker? First of all, we're oh. going to get into it a little bit later, but Tucker Carlson is this, he used to wear a bow tie. Bow tie wearing motherfucker. All the time, but he's like this goofball moron that does, he's like a Fox News, um, you know, TV guy. He was on CNN for a while. John Stewart got a show canceled a while back. Yeah, he he's a, uh, now he just has a super aggressive, um, you know, show on Fox in the afternoon where he just yells at like, you know, character, you know, characters of liberals basically that he brings he, on. He's a, He's a dumb talking head, kind of a Stephen A. Smith of politics. Yeah, he's just like a he's a dummy. I, I can't believe you don't know who Tucker Carlson is. It's crazy. Like but him. he's been around for like ten years, right? Yeah, long, probably yeah, longer. longer than that. Yeah. I mean, John Stewart got a show oh, got a show canceled like ten years ago. So he's been around longer than that, right? Huh? Yeah. Well, we have a cl- oh yeah, but I have a clip of him talking to uh, to Trump, so we'll we'll get into it. Well, well, so I, I mean, Back to the actual case, I'm just I'm not sure it's necessarily an open and shut case, just because I'm interested about how the president the president has said about can you assault someone digitally? Yes, it, I think well, I, 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 I absolutely yeah. do believe it's assault, but it'll be right. interesting. I'm saying just because that'll be an interesting legal case. Can they go for attempted murder if they're saying if yet if he's on record saying I hope this kills him? Oh, absolutely! Can, I think they they should for sure. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the prosecutor actually does. Right. Well, I mean, to me that, but that's what I mean. There's so much like. Let me find a list of things that could hurt somebody with epilepsy. Got that. Okay. Now let me tell people I hate this guy. I'm going to try to kill him and then actually do it. Like, yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty, you know, step-by-step situation that the guy went through here. And, and I believe the article also said that the jurisdiction will be under where Eichenwald lives rather than wherever, um, where, where did you where did it say? Uh, he's from Maryland. Yeah. So, I mean, Maryland's in, or he's in Maryland. I believe Eichenwald was in Texas. I'm not really sure. I, I think it's, so, I think it said he's in te- like Dallas or somewhere like that. So it'd be interesting. Oh well, so they're gonna hang him. So this guy's gonna get hung. <laughs> I believe they still use a guillotine no. down there, right? And he <laughs> went with the, the the username Jew. <laughs> Let's get him. Okay, okay, sir. Now, so one thing that did upset me about this is that somebody's coming to the aid of Mr. Rovero. Oh, really? His name's. Yes, his name's Richard Spencer. Oh, that fucking who is the guy, white nationalist. Yeah. yeah. Who coined the term alt-right. So he's coming to his aid and considers Rivera a hero of the meme war. Yeah, it's great. Well, you know what? I, instead of coming to his aid, I hope they both get AIDS, and then that's the end of both of them. <laughs> they well, fuck themselves. 
let's just not listen to that sack human sack of shit that is uh yeah richard i just spencer. ignore richard spencer for the most part i mean he's just a fucking douche who has like you know whatever a certain percentage of uh twitter follow it's not like he has a huge following he just is like white supremacist fucking moron who got punched actually i believe at one of the protests yeah he got punched right in the face which and- you know yeah i guess it's fine you know i'm not gonna cry about it but you, sh- you know whatever don't punch people but but if anybody deserves to get punched it's probably this moron it's him yeah yeah i mean he's just a f- he's just one of these guys that is a loser and he gains a measure of power and attention by you know espousing you know, far right supremacist ideology, you know, he's a garbage person. So there's no real reason to listen to him. Just don't, yeah. Don't give him, don't give him a place to spread his views. Yeah. Um, no, but that's fine, Joe. I mean, you can bring him up. I don't mind, but you know, yeah, he's, he's garbage and whatever. So let him support Jew Goldstein, but he's going to go to do, you know, he's, I, he's fucked. He's going to jail. Joey, I, I originally thought you were ta- uh, referencing the lawyer and like, he says he has a lawyer who is trying to prevent his name from getting out there. It's like, no, that he just paid to do that. Yeah. He has the right to an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, all right, you guys ready to get on to the Trump-Russia connection? Some more information came out. Because James Comey was in front of the House Intelligence Committee. And so there's a few things confirmed, and there's a bit of inf- more information coming out now over the last couple of days um, that I'd like to talk about. You guys want to talk about that with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so how much audio do you have? Do you have like a six-minute clip for me here? Um, I have – I'm trying to think – no, you know what? I don't actually have any clips for this part, but I do have then we have five clips for the rest of the show. So we got some clips. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. FBI Director James Comey on Monday during an appearance before the House Intelligence Committee confirmed that the FBI is investigating possible collusion, possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Moscow to influence the outcome of the 2016 election. That is from... FBI Director James Comey, who Republicans at one point loved and now probably hate again. Uh, meanwhile, the AP, the now listen to this. So, OK, so he's confirming that they are investigating, which we kind of knew. But now we know for sure they are investigating what's going on between Trump and Russia. This is just a first step. Obviously, there needs to be some kind of independent investigation and, and we'll see where that goes. But listen to this shit. Meanwhile, the Associated Press exclusively reported on Wednesday that former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort worked for Oleg Deripaska, a Russian billionaire and oligarch and Putin ally, to, quote, greatly benefit the Putin government. And I have some more quotes here. Uh, This is from James Comey, who's the FBI director. I've been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia. I cannot say more about what we are doing and whose conduct we are examining. All right. Now, this is from the AP exclusive, before Trump job, Manafort worked to aid Putin. Meanwhile, before I even read this, this is like a direct quote from the AP article. The Trump administration was asked about Manafort, and they're like, yeah, like, you know, he was around, but I mean, he he ran the campaign for six months. He was the campaign uh, chairman. The guy was like the head of the campaign. He was constantly being interviewed. He was all over the place. He was at the convention. Now they're like, Paul Manafort? I don't know a Paul Manafort. Yeah. Do you do you mean Paul Mana uh Mana Tent? I, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh here, this is from the APL article. 
Manafort proposed in a confidential strategy plan as early as June 2005 that he would influence politics, business dealings, and news coverage inside the United States, Europe, and former Soviet republics to benefit President Vladimir Putin's government, even as U.S.-Russia relations under Republican President George W. Bush grew worse. Manafort pitched the plans to aluminum magnate Oleg, Oleg Deripaska, a close Putin ally with whom Manafort eventually signed a $10 million annual contract with beginning in 2006, according to interviews with several people familiar with payments to Manafort and business records obtained by the AP. Manafort and Deripaska maintained a business relationship until at least 2009, according to one person familiar with the work, which, by the way... Who knows what, you know, we don't really know the details of that, but God damn it. If that doesn't sound like a real nice, uh, inroad <laughs> to finding out what happened between the Trump campaign and Russia, we will see, but that's a big story to me. If you ask me, I think they weigh underpaid only 10 million for that. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's one contract with one guy. It says 10 million annually. Oh. So that's $10 million a year. Yeah. That's ten million dollars. Oh annual. right, yeah, and it's an annual. That's a contract. big ass right. salary, right? Even if so, say it was from two thousand five to two thousand nine. It's forty million dollars or more, fifty million. Hey Joey, how would you feel about fifty million dollars in the bank in your bank account? Would you be okay with that? Joey, don't answer that. He's trying to trap you. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> That's your best. Uh, mo- your best. Uh, Mon Calamari. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, thoughts on that? I mean, what do, what do we think? It's very scary that this entire thing was planned out. And I just wonder if he already had Trump picked to be president back in 2005. Well, right. Now, I mean, here's the thing. If they're investigating all this stuff, they're going to go deeper into Manafort's past. What kind of relationship has he had with Trump for this amount of time? We know that Trump is notoriously um, picky, I guess, about people that are in his inner circle. It's usually people that he's had a long-term relationship with. We know that Trump has had relationships with oligarchs in Russia and that he, he's laundered money. You know, he's put money through banks that have laundered Russian money. So it, it, we're just getting, again, we're getting closer to the situation where, you know, they're, they're going to be able to prove some kind of connection. Obviously we know that Flynn was fucking talking to the Russians before the campaign. So there's a lot going on here. So sorry. no good, man. I mean, as far as I'm aware, Manafort has had some connection to Trump since the, since the Roy Cohn days. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah. I mean, that's going way back. So they've, they've known each other for since the seventies. Yeah. So to say that they're, that oh they're mutual acquaintances, he lives in Trump. Oh, Tower. it's insane. He lives in Trump Tower. They they're well acquainted, and what what he's what Manafort's being accused of here, and what he's allegedly done, is treason. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's I flat mean, flat out treason. There is real possibility that there are treason charges somewhere. You know, down the line here. And the thing that is just preposterous is that they're like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like he was he was kind of involved in the campaign. Like he was the campaign. <laughs> chairman at the convention do you understand oh is that is that an important job is the is the is a ceo an important job in a company right <laughs> it just doesn't make I mean, any sense what he's done is is paramount to treason well what I mean, he's allegedly we don't know well, yeah, what, what, he, what he's, he's what he's alleged of doing is would be treason saying that you're working you're being paid to improve the interests of a foreign nation especially one with such animosity as russia right at the expense of america right and i know in the constitution it says that treason has to be the enemy of the state, but if a state is trying to, if a for, if a foreign nation is trying to undermine America, that is the enemy of the state. Yeah, of course. So of what course. is he? Do, what he is doing is treason. People have been executed for what he's done. What he's allegedly doing. What he's allegedly done, and 
what I'm what I'm curious to see is I don't get the sense from Trump and his cronies and that group of people that they're very much the type to fall on their swords. So I'm curious to see if one of these I don't know. I don't know about that. I I don't think Trump inspires that fear. I think Putin inspires fear because he has a tendency of throwing lawyers out fourth floor windows and then say they're trying to move bathtubs around. Supposedly. Allegedly throw people out. I'm just saying there's a few people. Do we have video of that? No, but that that happened the other... What Matt's talking about the other day, uh, somebody who was like a pretty you know, long-term, like, anti-corruption lawyer in Russia died. He fell out of a fourth, like he said, well, fourth I, I, floor of an apartment. He was moving a bathtub, uh, supposedly, and, you know. I, I think he actually survived, but it was in critical condition last I checked. Oh, okay. I don't know. But whatever. But, but, somebody, but I'm just saying, you know. there have been, I think, nine or ten Russian diplomats who have wound up, just happened to have died since the election. Right. Like, just just people who wind up dead. No, nothing going on here. Nothing to see. Uh, just keep moving. Yeah, people die. I mean, you know. You will die every day, Chris. Um, all right, Joey. Yes. Sweet Tommy Laren. Oh, Tommy. So we have this blonde bombshell who is a leader in the conservative movement go on a TV show, The View, and speak out on birth control. Yeah. On abortion. Sweet Tommy, and it's going to cost everything. Yeah, well, listen to this. So Sweet Tommy Laren, who, who's a favorite of this program, has been suspended for a week at least uh, from her show Tommy on Glenn Beck's The Blaze Network, according to The Daily Caller. After her pro-choice views came to light on The View on Friday, here is video of our favorite Sweet Tommy talking about being pro-choice. Money where your mouth is. So does, it does money where your mouth so is. So his rhetoric doesn't bother you. But let me ask you this. Uh, um, you call yourself a conservative... Um, a conservative Republican and a constitutional conservative, but you also consider yourself pro-choice, which is interesting to me because 68% of conservative Republicans think that abortion should be illegal across the board. No, I'm pro-choice, and here's why. I am a constitutional, you know, someone that loves the Constitution. I am someone that's for limited government, and so I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say I'm for limited government, but I think that the government should decide what women do with their bodies. I can sit here and say that as a Republican, and I can say, you know what, I'm for limited government, so stay out of my, my guns, and you can stay out of my body as well. So I think it's... Well, you need uh, to go out and speak to women about that. I know, I do speak every day. To yeah. women. I do every day. Okay. And, you know, I, I get a lot of attacks Let's from go. conservative <laughs> women as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's... Uh, unusual. Equal, equal hate from all sides for well, me. Well, you don't have any... Uh, you don't have any problem. Oh, Tommy, we love you. Uh, Joey, thoughts on this? Uh, it's great because, yes, Tommy, you can say whatever you want. But guess what? You're going to be punished. Oh, wow. You said that a little sexually almost. <laughs> I don't... Like yeah, that. You uh, know what if that gives it to her? Let me tell you this. Not surprised. You know, look, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure Tommy Laren in her past has said that she's pro life, but okay. So she's saying she's pro choice now. What's interesting about it though, is that ideologically she's correct. Like if you think that people should have individual rights and individual responsibility and whatever, then you actually should definitely be pro choice. Even if you're super conservative, regardless of your religious beliefs or whatever, because that's your personal belief. That's you can't legislate based on that. So ideologically, uh, it's actually consistent for Tommy Laren to be doing this where, uh, you know, now, but meanwhile, the fucking uproar, I mean, I've never seen people turn on somebody so fast, somebody that was just an absolute darling of the conservative, right? Now they're just so upset with her. And I sent you and Matt, Joey, an, an article that I was like, this is your homework. I, I assume you have some quotes. It's from Red State, uh, Glenn Beck and whatever, because she got suspended. Man, they are condescendingly so mad at Tommy Lara now. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. 
being pro-choice doesn't automatically mean being pro-abortion. It just means that you believe that constitutionally you have the right to choose. A hundred percent. And also all these fucking people that are so pro-life and all this stuff. What percentage of them are for the death penalty? A lot. So how pro-life are you? Great question. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Matt, what kind of thoughts we got on this? So, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm with you that, okay, this she probably went to, it's not personal personal consistencies that she has here, because I'm sure she, she's come out, I mean, Glenn Beck said that the reason she's suspended is because she changed her views. Yeah, shout but, out Glenn Beck. I mean, that's what he's using. Also, on a side note, I didn't realize that his network She's was the whole- first conservative uh, to change her mind. Yeah, to I- say something different in one place as opposed to another. Yeah. Also, I never realized that Glenn Beck's network is called The Blaze. I would assume that was more like Bill Maher's network or something. But- yeah, I don't know why it's called. I know. I think that all the time. I don't know why it's called The Blaze, but I- I'm just assuming it's something to do with Jesus. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> but, but so, I mean, yeah, she, this is actual ideological consistency. It may, her her uh, point makes sense. I disagree with the libertarian mindset she has, but I think if you're going to have an if you're going to have a viewpoint, stick to that viewpoint. Have yeah, have it right. Like actually stand by your morals. No, just don't change it when you have justification for your opinions. Don't just say, "Oh, I'm doing this to pander to the religious right." Right, because that's where the conservative opinion came from. Sure. Well, and it's also you know. Which she's being accused of, but okay, this is just going to be a good way for Tommy Lahren to get herself. Not that it's calculated necessarily. I think she probably didn't expect the backlash that she got from it, but man, they just opened the door for her to get onto like more mainstream news now. Cause it's like Tommy Lahren who's, you know, got a couple, she's got some uh, conservative views, some liberal views, you know, like that, that type of thing. Like she's perfect. She's an individual, Chris. Yeah. She's a brand now. Uh, sure. Also, you, you, uh, the, the last time that they tr- they turned on a young darling of the conservative right, Milo. Yes, another another sexy blonde. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> There's so many sexy blondes <laughs> in the conservative right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get into yeah, we're gonna get into uh, something similar to that conversation in a little while. Um. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because you know we we love Tommy on the show, uh, love hate, and you know well, we'll we'll see where she goes. But this is by no means the end of Tommy Lahren. But, well, that red state article you sent me is just the worst. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, tell me a little bit about it's that. It's just the yeah. worst thing I've ever read. Like truly a garbage. Like this this woman who wrote this. Well, here, uh, yeah, hold Kira on. Kira Davis. Kira Davis is the person that wrote it. The article is uh, Glenn Beck is right to suspend Tommy Lahren. It was posted at one thirty five p.m. on March twenty first. Like Matt said, by Kira K I R A Davis. Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about this article. So, I mean, I, I didn't pull up any actual quotes because it uh-huh. pissed me off so much, but it oh, is... Oh, come on, Matt. God damn it. I mean, I have it up right now, and I don't... But it's just this thing about saying, okay, it's time for us to take... It's time for us to shut them and let the dumb millennials up. It's time mm. for us to... Like, they're too stupid and too immature to, to see how the world works. Us us baby boomers have to come take control yeah. of this shit. No, you fucked this shit up, up long enough... We're, don't condescend to us because you fucked this shit up. Right. Well, it's funny because she goes, hold on here. I, I have a, here's a quote. What Laren said wasn't very thoughtful or intelligent. Well, actually, it, it is actually. It's it's it is thoughtful because it it's the only thing that makes sense. You you otherwise your your arguments about like states' rights and individual freedom, but also we can tell you what to do. Like that doesn't make it. That's that's inconsistent. So this is more thoughtful. But as someone who has flirted briefly with the media spotlight, <laughs> uh what a bitter... How so? Please explain. Well, uh, Kira, Dave, I mean, it's just funny because it's such like a bitter um, 
here, well, just let's let me just read this sentence and then I'll, I'll say what I was yeah, going to say. Laren, no, no, it's fine. What Laren said wasn't very thoughtful or intelligent, but as someone who has flirted briefly with the media spotlight and lives and works in La La Land itself, I can tell you that the pull of the world can be quite seductive to anybody. It can be particularly so for a 24-year-old cable channel, short clip sensation, who grew up in the age of YouTube celebrity and viral appeal. Oh, that sounds like sour grapes, Kira Davis. <laughs> that sounds like you're a little upset that a really attractive 24-year-old is like pretty famous and you you even though you quote flirted with the spotlight, which means never really made it, uh, you, you know. Suck. Yeah, she's a little upset. So, but it's also it's funny, but she's like so well, I mean, come on. She goes, uh, reading of almost any sort, really, gives one the tools to stabilize and expand the mind. Laren has no such anchor, and at her age is easily influenced. At 24, I actually thought exactly the same thing about abortion that she professed. My views evolved as I matured and acquired knowledge and confidence. Laren is simply exploring her own views, testing them. Would we expect different from anyone else her age? It's so funny. Three weeks ago, Whoa. three weeks ago, they were like, in love with this girl. And we've said it on the show before. All Tommy Laren is doing is regurgitating classic conservative tropes. That's all she's doing. And they, they eat it up because it's like, Oh, look at the pretty package it's coming from. We love it. And now the second that she goes against that in any way, well, she's a dumb 24 year old who doesn't read. She doesn't know anything. You know, it's such a classic, uh, you know, conservative Republican media thing. There's so many of these young kids out there that they get where it's like this eight year old school's libtards. Like, you know, this is what they do. And then as soon as she goes against them, they they'll fucking eat her alive. Well, Republicans don't promote independent thought. And like, here's just the way the article ends. Beck is a grown-up running grown-up grown up things, and sometimes that means making the tough decisions. Sometimes it means scolding the kids you're raising and teaching them that your integrity is far more valuable than applause. Fuck you, Kira Davis. Well, wow. I get what she's saying, but it's also like, you know, but it, it's crazy to be like, oh yeah, Glenn, Deck, Glenn Beck is her daddy. Stop it. You're being crazy. I w- and also, I Glenn, yes, Glenn Beck is up to... Gr- what, Joey? So I, I wouldn't mind spanking her. You know, being a child, speaking out of turn, just spank her a little. How play sexual with that, Joe? No. Yeah, because he's at home. He's Sorry. fucking playing with himself while he's yeah, doing he, the show. He's, he has no clothes on. No. I'm all pent up, boys. I'm all pent up. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, anyway, that's not my point. I'm not trying to spank Tommy Laren, but I mean, unless she asked, but I, I'm not, you know. I mean, th- this article is just everything that pisses me off to the point where, okay, we're like, just because you don't, you have, there's always this. Uh, media idea that oh the millennials are lazy and millennials are stupid some of them are but that has nothing to do with it every, ge- every, with every generation starts out lazy and stupid until they're the ones who take power is that true I mean every, and then they, they just then they, they just stay stupid it, yeah. usually <laughs> the generation extras were terrible then every generation the generation I'm a millennial complains about actually. yes we're millennials that's yeah. don't you don't try to belittle me well I don't give a fuck I, here's the thing you're taking offense the same way it's like what do you give a shit? You're not. It's the same way you, you know. Tanner kind of took offense to the cop. He's like, who cares? People say what they want about it, millennials. Be be who you are. Who cares? Because you, I'm a millennial. Nobody's accusing me of being lazy or, or not reading it. You know what I mean? So who gives a shit? Because I will not be ignored because people just say, belittle my belittle me and say that I, I oh you're just a stupid millennial. You'll you'll learn. Yeah, who you'll cares? learn in time. So what? So Kira Davis is a stupid boomer. Who gives a shit? Uh, you know we can ignore her now. I'm uh, going to anyway. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway. You know, farewell, Tommy Laren. We'll see where you end up. I'm sure she's going to, she will be fine. She will land on her feet here. 
Uh, and, you know, we'll just see what happens. But it's just, it's just funny to watch that shit, man. Um, Trump wiretapping claim. Got a clip. He was interviewed by Tucker Carlson, who Joey is blissfully unaware of. Uh, There's like a three-minute clip we're going to play. Carlson just illogically got a, an exclusive interview with Donald Trump. I, I don't understand why he would be able to get that, but okay. So he gets that. And he asks Trump some questions about the wiretapping claim. And this is before uh, Comey gave his official word on it, which we're going to get to last, but this is before that. Um, here's the question I want to ask before we play the clip. And then we can answer it after we listen to the clip is trusting or distrusting TV news or cable news, a generational thing because Trump's 70 years old. He trusts the news. He's going to talk about it in this clip. He watches Fox. He gets information from Fox and then he says it. He believes that they're telling the truth. Now, cable news, television news is actually under no, uh, um, obligation to tell the truth. They, they are 100% entitled to lie. They don't have to be factual. They can say whatever they want. For the most part, they probably are trying to be factual, but they don't have to be. They can say literally anything. It doesn't matter because it's entertainment. It's not news. It's for profit. So that's what it is. There's no rule or law against that. Um, and I feel like a lot of people that watch Fox tend to believe that they're telling the truth. And I feel like people of a certain age tend to trust the television, whereas people of uh, a younger skew distrust television news, probably rightfully so because of the corporate influence over it. Just interesting as we listen to this clip, and then we'll talk about that. But I, but I wonder if, to an extent, Trump's belief in all this shit is a generational thing. As an old, you know, he's an older guy. I, I would tend to say that's more. Well, we'll answer it after we listen okay. to the clip. Okay. Here we go. And you're down in Florida, and you tweet, "The former administration wiretapped me, surveilled me at Trump Tower during the last election." Um, how did you find out? You said I just found out. How well, did you learn that? I've been reading. It's about- a fucking great question. That is a good question. That's the only question I want to know because I kept saying it. Who busted into his bedroom at 6.35 in the morning in a panic? Being like, we just found out. Fucking Obama. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the former administration wiretapped me, surveilled me. It's fucking Obama. He wiretapped you. Oh, my God. Melania, get Melania on the horn. <laughs> at Trump Tower during the last election. Um, how did you find out? You said, I just found out. How well, did you learn that? I've been reading about things. I read in, I think it was January 20th, a New York Times. <laughs> I had never previously read anything about anything before I came president. I'm reading about things. Now I'm just overwhelmed <laughs> with information. I do not know how to vet it. You mean very, very overwhelmed? No, don't do that. Don't step on my Trump. Article where they were talking about wiretapping. Uh, there was an article. I think they used that exact term. Uh, I read other things. I watched your friend Brett Baer. Uh, the day previous where he was talking about uh, certain very complex sets of things happening. (laughs) I was watching Brett Baer on Fox News and he was talking about things that were going way over my head. And I just (laughs) took it and I thought I could blame Obama. Uh, The day previous where he was talking about uh, certain very complex sets of things happening and wiretapping. I said, wait a minute, there's a lot of wiretapping being talked about. I've been seeing a lot of things. Now, for the most part, I'm not going to discuss it because we have it before the committee and we will be submitting things before the committee very soon. That hasn't been submitted as of yet. 
but it's potentially a very serious situation. So 51,000 people retweeted that. So a lot of people thought that was plausible. They believe you. You're the president. Yeah. You're in charge of the agencies. Every intelligence agency reports to you. Why not immediately go to them and gather evidence to support that? Because I don't want to do anything that's going to violate any strength of an agency. You know, we have enough problems. And by the way. Yeah. I mean, Trump, far be it from Trump to weaken a federal agency. You know, I mean, the secretary, the, the State Department is not an important agency, is it? I don't know. I think it is. Uh, well, I, I, mean, I was if, if it can be weakened, cut by 30 percent. I assumed it wasn't an important agency. Hmm. Here's what I mean by money, guys. Well, we know, Joe, we're being sarcastic, but I'm just saying it's just a funny thing for him to be like, you know, I'd far be it for me to fuck with a government agency. It's like you, you want to eliminate them. The CIA was hacked and a lot of things taken. That was during the Obama years. That was not during us. That was during the Obama <laughs> situation. Mike Pompeo is there now doing a fantastic job. But uh, we will be submitting certain things and I will be perhaps speaking about this next week. But it's right now before the committee, and I think I want to leave it there. I have a lot of confidence. Why in the not committee. wait to tweet about it until you can prove it? Don't because, you devalue because, well, because, your words when you can't provide well, evidence? Because the New York Times wrote about it. You know, not that I respect the New York Times. I call it the failing New York Times. But they did write on January 20th using the word wiretap. Other people. Yeah, but what does that matter? Did you hear this guy? He he's just a mental case where it's like I saw the words wiretap and I assumed it had something to do with me. Like it's nothing. It it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, but here's my question. So he read an article back in January 20th that said, why are tapping? Where the hell does Obama come from? Oh, who knows? I mean, again, it, it's completely just uh, he just sees things and, and, and throws them together into some kind of thought, you know, whatever. And that's it. He doesn't have to. He's not providing any evidence. There is no evidence of this at all. I mean, you're, you're trying to find logic in the mind of a lunatic. He is a lunatic. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I really, I don't, I'm not just saying it to be like, he's crazy. Like, I think he actually has a mental problem, this guy. There's something up with him. He's got a personality disorder. There's something weird about him. Also, how terrifying it is that we can actually have a, a, a serious question can be asked by a journalist to a sitting president. Oh, do you think you should have uh, waited for, to be able to prove it with evidence before you tweeted it? That should, I'd never want that ever to be asked to a president. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a thing with the tweet or whatever. It's like, should, but should you, you know, don't you think you should have been able to provide evidence before you commented on this? And he's like, no, not really. No, that's not the job of the president right. to back up what they're saying. It's not really, though. I mean, he's right about that. That's the thing. It's not. But it would be the smart thing to do because obviously this is going to backfire because there is no evidence. People have come out with uh, Right, but you're state. the president. You have the ability to gather all the evidence you want. I do. Ducker, ducker, ducker. When I offered you this interview, I did not know we were going to be playing hardball. Okay. But I think that, frankly, we have a lot right now. And I, I think if you watch, uh, if you watched uh, the Brett Bear and what he was saying and what he was talking about and how he mentioned the word wiretap, you would feel very confident that you could mention the name. He mentioned it. And other people have mentioned it. But if you take a look at some of the things written about wiretapping and eavesdropping, and don't forget, when I say wiretap, those words were in quotes. That uh. really covers, because wiretapping is pretty old-fashioned stuff. But that really covers surveillance and many other things. And nobody ever talks about the fact that it was in quotes. But that's a very important thing. But wiretap... Oh, my God. You know, I'm done with it. Fine. There's only like 10 seconds left. That whole idea of like... I mean, if you're going to take him literally, then fine. Then yes, then, you know, not true. But, well, yeah, we're going to take him literally. The fucking quotes. He quotes things all the time that doesn't make sense. 
all the time. If you go through his tweets, he's constantly putting quotes around things that don't make that. It's just, it's not where you put quotes around because it's like, you don't believe that that person is a boy. You know what I mean? Like he'll put like this boy, on, <laughs> this boy on the front yard and he puts boy in quotes. Like, what do you do? Or like yard. He'll just put in quotes. Why? Donald Trump will become the quote president. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the correct usage of it. You know, also, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the interview that they're doing there, it's in some random garage, right? Well, I think it's in like a GM or something because there was like a lot of cars there. Okay, or it, whatever. Like, it just struck me as very strange that they're just doing this interview in the middle, middle of like what looks like Jay Leno's garage or something. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they were doing, but hold on, I'm trying to look for an example. Talk, talk for a second. I'm trying to look for an example of this idiot <laughs> using quotes where I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But you can't just defend yourself saying, oh, oh, here we here we go. North Korea is behaving very badly. They have been, quote, playing the United States for years. What? what why would you put quotes around that? Because it... I mean, I like, I get it, I guess, but it's like he just uses them so crazily. I mean, is he actually using it in such a premeditated way to take accountability off of him? No. Or is that no, just... No, of course not. It's just, he just does it, and he was like, oh, you know what we could say? <laughs> Hold on, wait. I got to find one. I, I got to... Look... The real issue is he can put he can spit anything viral and then get fifty thousand people to retweet it. That's well, that's unprecedented power. That's insane. Not real. I mean, Justin Bieber has more power than that. Oh, Justin oh Bieber could say anything; he's going to get more than fifty thousand tweets. You know, uh, retweets. But he, it's not that impressive. But he can't become a president, thank God. Well, yeah, maybe he's Canadian. For eight years, Russia quote ran over President Obama. <laughs> He just puts so many, he just puts random things in quotes. He's a fascinating guy. Um, all right, so now I got Trump with Angela Merkel, who's the uh, the uh, German Chancellor, or whatever President of Germany. Um, this is him. They're at a press conference, which, by the way, was just an embarrassing spectacle to watch him next to Merkel because he, she she detests him. He refused to shake her hand. I, I don't understand because he hates her. Oh, I've seen this eight hundred times. Yeah, well, we're not playing that, man. But this is him now making again. He's being asked by like the German media here about the wiretap claims later in the day or the next day. We're gonna find out what the reality is from Comey, although we already know. But this is him in front of the German uh, leadership talking about the wiretap claims again. Claims that the alleged um, wiretapping on on you, on on the Trump Tower, on Trump Organization, or on members of your campaign was uh, that British uh, intelligence was either responsible for it or involved in it um, after these claims are rejected. What is your take on that? Uh, are there other suspects or um, do you think it was, uh, it was a mistake to blame British intelligence for this? And by the way, my second question. Oh, right. He also, yeah. So then he kind of expanded this and was like, the British, you know, I think Spicer said it where he was like the British GHQ or whatever it is, uh, GCHQ. He was like, they, you know, they were the ones that worked with, with Obama or whatever. He just like made some outlandish claim and the British were like, absolutely fucking not. And they didn't, ha- they were like, <laughs> we had nothing to do with this. Uh, and then reportedly that the White House had to apologize to them being like, yeah, we, you know, we talked out of our ass on that one. Sorry about that. Your British accent is not great today. You, I don't really do and, a good British. I have to hear it first, and then I can do it. And if you're going to go something more British, you should just say, that's preposterous. Oh, my word. <laughs> there from time, time to time uh, tweets that you regret 
in hindsight. Very and seldom. Very seldom, very and seldom. you would have, so you never would have very wished seldom. not to have Probably uh, wouldn't something. be here right now, but so very seldom. We have a tremendous group of people that listen, and I can get around the media when the media doesn't tell the truth, so I like that. Uh, as far as uh, wiretapping, I guess, by, you know, this past administration, at least we have something in common, perhaps. He's talking about him and Merkel, which, you know, he smirks, and it's like that's sort of what is appealing about him to people because the U.S. definitely tapped, you know, was listening to Merkel's cell phone conversations, which we know from Snowden reveals and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so that's, you know, whatever. So he's making a joke there, but also it's crazy to do that. <laughs> and just to finish your question, uh, we said nothing. All we did was quote a certain uh, very talented legal mind who was the one responsible for saying that on television. I didn't make an opinion on it. That was a statement made by a very talented lawyer on Fox. And so you shouldn't be talking to me. You should be talking to Fox. Well, what's also amazing. So he kind of gives the answer there to just found out, meaning I was watching Brett Bayer and he said it. So I just repeated it because I'm a moron. And perhaps if he's a very powerful legal mind, he wouldn't be on being a talking head. He'd be a lawyer. Well, I have a lot of people are fucking you can make a lot more money and it's a lot less work being on TV. Yeah, I'm just saying he's probably he's not really a, a dominant legal mind of the generation. We don't know that. Brett Bayer, he's brilliant. Oh yeah, brilliant yeah. Legal strategy. He's uh, he was next in line. I after, didn't even know he was a lawyer. How he, would you know that? He was next in line after Gorsuch for the Supreme Court nomination. Yeah, well, Gorsuch is my favorite. Oh, was he really? No, he's being sarcastic. Oh, um, this is James Comey on the Trump claims. Whatever Monday, uh, that's the end of that. I want to begin by attempting to put to rest several claims made by the president about his predecessor, namely that President Obama wiretapped his phones. So that we can be precise, I want to refer you to exactly what the president said and ask you whether there is any truth to it. First, the president claimed, quote, terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped. <laughs> I love when people have to quote tweets. <laughs> terrible. Sad. <laughs> In Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. FML. Obama tapped my phones. Unquote. <laughs> Director Comey, was the president's statement that Obama had his wires tapped in Trump Tower a true statement? Biggest inauguration ever, FTW. Well, how... <laughs> With respect to the president's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets. What? Let's say that one again. With respect to the president's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets. Oh, okay. And we have looked carefully inside the FBI. Good. The Department of Justice has asked me to share with you that the answer is the same for the Department of Justice and all its components. Oh, really? The department has no information that supports those tweets. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Question. Thank you, James Kelly. No, no, question. How long did you guys search? Maybe you didn't search long enough. Well, I'm sure while they were looking through Hillary's emails and whatever, they came across some other stuff, and they were like, oh, we should put that aside. That's the, He's going to say something crazy about wiretapping. Is Trump's next defense going to be, oh, you can't prove a negative? Yeah, well, I, you know what? I, I, I just wish, I would love it if he would just end the cycle of abuse that we're going through, where it's just like, just, just say, 
Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, maybe Brett Bayer was wrong, I guess. Probably shouldn't have said that. Just say that. His ego what is would too be large. The, I know, but who would really care? Nobody would care at this point. It's like it's like getting hit in the fucking head with a stick. Just stop already. It's enough. It's false. It's just, I said it immediately. I said I would stop watching anything political forever if this turned out that Obama wired it. He didn't. Okay? And I know, of course not. Just based on what you know about Obama, that wasn't going to happen. Also, he can't actually order it himself. So whatever. There's a whole bunch of shit to it. But like, clearly that fucking did not happen. You nut. And there we go. Now we got it from from Comey as well. And the, uh, whoever he mentioned, the, the Department of what? DOJ. The DOJ. So there you go. Um, all right. Next thing I want to get into. This is going to be the fun part of the program. <laughs> we have this. We have We have this story. Uh, then we're going to do some quick about Rex Tillerson, just a couple of quotes. And then we got the Trump odds and ends. Then we're going to wrap up Sarah Madden folks, a married 27 year old Lockhart high school, anatomy, physiology, and environmental systems teacher from dripping Springs, Texas dripping Springs. Yeah. Something's going to be dripping is facing second degree felony charges for having sexual contact with a 17 year old male student. Here's the quote. Local cops also said that the teacher had, quote, the intent to arouse or gratify the sexual desire of the student, according to the Hayes Free Press. The Lockhart Independent School District has made counselors. Listen to this. The Lockhart Independent School District, excuse me, has made counselors available in case any students need therapy after hearing that a 17 year old student allegedly had sex with Falks. Jesse Bell, who's a Lockhart police detective, said 17 years old is obviously older, but at the same time, it doesn't make anything right. If the kid is in school, parents must uh, trust the school to take care of their kids. So it's definitely not right that a teacher in a position of power over a student uh, be able to take advantage of a student. James Nasur, who's Falk's attorney, says, you've got a young lady who was arrested on the statement of a 17-year-old kid with no corroborating evidence. This isn't a guilty person sitting there like they just got caught. When everything's fleshed out, it won't be as it appears. I love the crazy amount of double entendres and whatnot that have been used in this case. <laughs> Dripping falls, fleshed out, uh, Falk's. Go Falk's yourself. Uh, she is a very attractive 27-year-old woman. Matt, I'm going to go to you because this is a conversation that we had recently. Is this damaging to this kid? She is hot. There's no question about it. This kid's 17, going on 18. Really, was this traumatic for him to to bang this hot teacher? Now, first of all, the teacher is still saying that she didn't do it. So I I don't we don't know. Allegedly, how, yes. Of yeah. Course, so, right. so this is all alleged. So this kid could be just making this up, but okay, but allegedly, yes. I mean, I I sent I saw you sent me this. I'm just like, oh god, I don't I really don't want to engage on this again. You know, oh, my, I came across it. And I was like, well, this this feels like something that's been sort of in our conversation recently. We might as well talk about it. I mean, he probably is not personally damaged by this, but and that's it. it. No, it's still no further questions, Joey. Um, my question is: is at what point is it the school's responsibility to have any involvement in the personal life of a 17-year-old? There is none. Well, the it's the, te- it's the teacher. On. That's it's insane. The, it's the teacher. They found out about it, right? And so, you know, they have to take action at that point. How did they find out, Chris? How did they find out? That's my question. Did they invade his personal space? Did they 
go through his cell phone. Where are these messages? I want to read these dirty, marshy, <laughs> dripping falls messages. Do you? Joy, Joy, they found yeah. out because he came out and like he accused her of it. So that's why she's saying this is an allegation that isn't true. It could it could very well not be true because and she he's just doing something vindictively because she Holy gave fuck. she gave a bad grade or something. Joey, what? Holy fuck, this is wrong. <laughs> she, God, you I know what? You. Maybe Matt's right. Maybe he's just being vindictive and there's actually no no truth to any of this. And he's just trying to set her up for a mighty fall. Sex. She is married, by the way. Doesn't that mean I feel anything his anymore? Erection no, against I... my thigh. <laughs> I feel his growing erection against my thigh. We, we have a very mature Chris over here. Very God, mature. God, I want you. <laughs> that mean feels dirty here. Mouth. Oh God, I feel so dirty right now. Oh God, send help. My clitoris. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. Uh, those are the texts. <laughs> I found the text. <laughs> you found the text. My dick is never limp. Okay, all right. Uh, so, I mean, this is why any anything that's uh, allegations of this nature are da- are, are da- like you wait for the uh, actual court case. It's not what we're what talking about. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about consent. We talked about it last week. We were like thirteen, obviously. All of it's illegal. Technically, one hundred percent. This is illegal. I get it, but. 17-year-old dude fucks hot, allegedly fucks hot, you know, 27-year-old teacher. I think everybody's fine. He's going to be, yeah, things will be different, but they would have been different if he didn't sleep with her. So it is what it is. Question. Yeah, Joey. When when this gentleman of 17 years old Mm -hmm. becomes 18, he becomes an adult, does the husband have the right to beat the shit out of him for being raped by his wife? Well, the husband, I mean, it's statutory. Allegedly, it's statutory rape. The husband, but meanwhile, what they're making reference to is, by the way, her mugshot, if you want to look her up, it's Sarah Madden Folks, F-A-W-L-K-E-S. She's very What's pretty. And she's smiling. You know, she's very happy in the in the photo, which I think is smart. You should probably owe it, no matter what happened, smile in that goddamn mugshot photo. It just makes people like you more. Uh, I mean, what? Depends on how young the minor is. You probably don't want to smile sure, too hard. Sure, if it was like eight, yeah, then maybe don't <laughs> then do that. probably uh, <laughs> show some remorse for the God's sake. Right. Uh, but anyway, but listen, the husband definitely is not happy about this. Or you never know. Could be, I'm pure speculation. Maybe the husband was involved, and that's why the guy. That's why the student came out. It's like I'm not cool. With the uh, absolutely, it could be some kind of you know spicing things up. They've been married a while. He's 27. I mean, I guess 27 is pretty young, but they. But you know, but they. You know, yeah. Maybe the husband <laughs> knew about this shit. Who knows? Who knows what was going on? This could be a real freaky situation. Or she didn't do anything. Or she's being wrongfully accused. But I don't feel. I don't know why. Why would the kid come out and be like, "Yeah, I banged Mrs. Falks like 90 times." Why would he do that? Why would a why would a young seventeen year old? Yeah, but you don't get arrested for that though. That's nonsense. Other, that's crazy. Why would why would a young egotistical seventeen year old high school student who wants to prove he's who he's such a man to all his friends come out and brag about something like that about a yeah? But 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 I was in high school. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. No, you did not. Yeah, but you that's it goes nowhere. Nobody's gonna go to the cops over that. You're not from Tripping Falls though. Tripping Falls. That sounds like Tripping Falls. That sounds like the porn version of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the porn that hasn't gone so well, really. <laughs> like the- I just want to fuck <laughs> Mrs. Fox in the closet. <laughs> uh, that's how the theme song would go. All right. Anyway, so th- I wanted to bring that up, but now it gets the plot thickens because now, well, we're gonna pay attention to that. Obviously, this Fox. I'll tell you what. 
did him a service if she slept with this kid. It's not it's not damaging in any way. She's very attractive. He's 17. Come on. It's fine. But it is great. Yes, it is illegal. She, she's still in a position of power, which you, For like, sure, you which, have to respect that. As a teacher, you should, no matter what, you should not be doing that just because you hold you have to have your position of authority. You lose your authority if you're sleeping with someone. Matt Weiss on record saying he doesn't like powerful women. Meanwhile, <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, uh, <laughs> on the other end of the spe- <laughs> spectrum, this this one's a crazy story. This was sent to us from David. He emailed it to me, obviously knowing that the, you know we were gonna. This is gonna get awkward talking about it. So that's why he said that. Nineteen-year-old Mackenzie Guffey of Hollywood, Alabama, which, by the way, Trump won Alabama sixty-two percent to thirty-four percent. Doesn't matter. Just throwing that out there. Nineteen-year-old uh, Mackenzie Guffey of Hollywood, Alabama, has been charged with rape after listing a 14-year-old as the father of her unborn child on a Medicaid application. The two, this is the saddest sentence I've ever read. The two were introduced at a McDonald's in December, having sex like 20 times since then, according to Guffey. <laughs> they were introduced at a McDonald's. <laughs> what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. Want to go to McDonald's? Okay. <laughs> want to get a Big Mac? Yeah. I can't afford Big Mac. Um, this is a quote from the article. Guffy, <laughs> the story is so crazy. This is not the sexy romp that took place in Dripping Falls. Guffy would allegedly pick up the boy from his house, drive to a remote area near a nuclear power plant, and have sex in her car, <laughs> according to TV station WAFF in Huntsville. Police say she and the boy also exchanged nude photos. Guffy was arrested on Friday and charged with rape, sex abuse, enticing a child for immoral purposes, traveling to meet a child for an unlawful sex act, possession of child pornography, and dissemination of child pornography. She faces up to 20 years in prison. Hepler, who I guess is somebody involved in the case, tells AL.com that Guffy, quote, was proud of the boy being the father until she found out uh, we were going to become involved, I guess referring to the police. So... This one, different than the last one, obviously, to me, first of all, this woman, something's mentally, she's a little slow, I would say, probably. I'm just guessing. I'm assuming it's the inbreeding. If the inbreeding, in, oh my God. If the inbreeding isn't enough, I'm sure being, having, being conceived by a nuclear power plant will make sure that child is deformed Yeah, in well, some the way. nuclear power plant's probably not the best choice. But th- So anyway, so this, this is another, obviously, it's a horse of a different color, this situation. Again, I'm still not 100% sure that like a 14-year-old, I mean, yes, it's different than a 17-year-old, but a 14-year-old guy fucking this 19-year-old girl, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's probably, did she really rape him? I doubt it. But also, you know, she is taking advantage from the perspective of like she got pregnant and now she's trying to like keep this kid as like the dad. It's a weird, it's a much weirder situation. Well, to be fair, I think they're on the same plane intellectually. Maybe. We're guessing about Guffy. Maturity-wise, I'm assuming they're... They met in a fucking McDonald's. She said, oh, can I have your nuggets? Oh, no, not not those nuggets. Well, the Arby's was closed. What do you want them to do? No, it's a, it's a one McDonald's town, I'm assuming. Ah. This is oh, a, <laughs> a one McDonald's town. This is just one of, the, this is just one of those cases that's so st- profoundly stupid. I mean, okay. You we c- don't got a Starbucks, but I have a Keurig <laughs> machine. Okay. Very good. <laughs> no, they don't have a Keurig machine. They still make it one of those old, like, still making the metal pot of the campfire. That's why I do it. <laughs> I mean. I have one question. Joey. My question is very simple. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me feel dirty for asking, simple, but I'm going Simple to. like Mackenzie Guffey. <laughs> it's very simple. Yeah. How big is the equipment he's playing with? His dick? Are you talking about his dick? Yes. I don't know. How the hell would I know? 
He's virile. Well, Listen, you put together a fourteen-year-old. Well, maybe that was the point of taking him to the power plant. Maybe, he, maybe she was trying to get him oh. some extra. No, extra I like mutant strength. I, okay, I like where your head's at there. I also think she maybe likes she, where his head was at. Yeah, for sure, in between her <laughs> thighs. And then I also think that maybe she was thinking this is like a, a cheap contraceptive. <laughs> you go near this oh, nuclear power, oh maybe it, maybe it knocks the juice out. You know. Um, I'll tell you this, 14-year-old, 19-year-old, that is the problem. That is a potent combination. You are going to get pregnant. You know what I mean? A four, that's like a, a new star cluster. That, that is like, <laughs> that's how you do it. You know, they are made to make kids at that age. But it's so profoundly stupid to get, caught, to, well, to get caught in a felony because you were you wrote it on a government form. She was proud of the fact you signed into a fucking government document. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. She's not a genius. Okay? <laughs> she's not a genius. She, I don't think she qualifies as being nor. I think she's Forrest Gump level. Oh, I don't know about oh, that. No. It's Alabama oh, after good all. God. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know. So anyway, so this is another situation. Thank you, David, for sending this over. But that poor, uh, that poor, poor child. This is a different. Yeah, this is a bad Great situation. Fine. What? It's a great find. Yeah, it is. The a great, email, thank you. It is a great find. We appreciate it because I was already had that story about folks, and I was like, perfect, folded into that. Rex Tillerson, ladies and gentlemen, I got some quotes here from Rex Tillerson. These are three quotes in a row that are troubling, and then they get more and more troubling as you go along. Rex Tillerson had this to say about North Korea, which we've been talking about. There's an escalation happening here. And I think it's a dangerous escalation. And this is what Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, had to say about it. If they elevate the threat of their weapons program to a level that we believe requires action, then that option's on the table. Let me be very clear. The policy of strategic patience has ended. We are exploring a new range of security and diplomatic measures. Oh, good. So strategic patience is now out the window. Now we're in rush to get fucked situation where you know we're not going to think it through go 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 put those missile launchers in north korea we got to get on the border get the drones south korea ready the weaponry like they're just freaking out and they're trying to they're trying to cause a problem not that north korea is some rational actor but come on but steve ben is on record wanting a war with china yeah well this is a great way to try to start that i feel like joey thoughts you don't want a war with china and I, I kind of want to see what kind of drones they have set up for this. The Gray Eagle, we talked about it. They're Hellfire missile capable. But, but Joey, Steve Bannon does want a war with China. He's on record saying that. Yeah, but just because one crazy guy wants to have war with China doesn't make it a good idea. One crazy, well, of course, it does puppet master. Of course, right. well, one crazy guy who's in, who happens to be in power, and also what uh, respect uh, admires the ability of guys like Vladimir Lenin to make change despite not having the will of the people on his side. Well, that's most of the people in our fucking government do that. <laughs> I mean, ideally, you try to work with the people and for the people. They don't work for the people. They work for the corporations. We, we talk about this all the time. And Rex Tillerson was the head of one of the biggest corporations. Here he is talking about media coverage and press access. I'm not a big media press access person. I personally don't need it. I mean, quite frankly, we're saving a lot of money by using this aircraft, which also flies faster, allows me to be more efficient. We're not hiding from any coverage of what we're doing. I guess what I'm told is that there's this long tradition that the secretary spends time on the plane with the press. I don't know that I'll do a lot of that. I'm not, I'm just not, that's not the way I tend to work. 
I've been very successful diplomatically for over 25 years. When I have something important and useful to say, I know where everybody is and how I know how to get to them and say it. Okay. <laughs> this guy's not really quite sure why we're like, Hey, on your first huge Asia trip, do you want to have the press with you? And he's like, no, no, I'm good. He took the independent <laughs> journal review along on the Asia trip. And they're a very conservative group. And for, for the record. Yeah. The plane isn't flying any faster. There's an optimal speed for a plane pl- flying in terms of. Well, he's just saying they're, they're taking a smaller plane. You know, I, oh, I'm just dispelling that one lie right away. Well, no, the planes do have, that's why there's baggage limits. You, you, no, no, that, you, I mean, that, that make the less fuel efficient. They won't fly faster. There's a, there's a peak. There's a, a range of a oh, okay. speed range that you fly in because that's where it like it's below. Like, is that right? Could that be right? Then what's so what? So Delta's just fucking me. I could bring nine bags if I want. I mean, that's that's for them to save fuel. It's not for, it's not not about speed, right? So the, well, the, the weight it, is about like they're going to fly at a certain speed because. But wouldn't it ha- have something? But it, but here's the thing: why why would that affect fuel? If you're saying the plane can go as fast no matter what kind of weight is on it, why would it waste more fuel? It's because they're going slower, so they're burning no. fuel over a shorter period of time. Right? So, I mean, a heavier plane inherently is going to take more to propel. So, like, more fuel right. to propel forward. Uh, However, right, right, right. right. Ba- uh, so, the speed of the speed is affected by uh, by turbulence, by vis- the viscosity of the air. Right, but yeah, so w- basically, as you approach the as you approach the sound barrier, there's a massive uptick in the in if you, the flight becomes far less efficient, uh, much more turbulence in the air, and much more dangerous to fly. So that's when you get to a supersonic plane. When you hit the apex of the flight. Yeah. Right. So, well, so. A supersonic plane has to go a certain speed above Mach one to be safe, right? Because at, when around Mach one is actually incredibly dangerous. It's like so. I think the peak is somewhere in like. <laughs> Sorry for anybody listening to this on a plane right now. <laughs> I think well, th- I mean the plane is flying around. Five, <laughs> your plane's not flying supersonic. You're not on the Concorde anymore, right? Your plane is flying flying. I think somewhere around 500, 550 miles per hour yes. because that's where that's where it happens to be just slip into a good fuel efficient zone, right? So All right. That, that, we're getting away from the actual Rex Tillerson sure. issue. Which is that you were at, at ExxonMobil, you only had to answer to your stockholders. You weren't going to be answering to the press. Now it is your fucking responsibility to answer the press because you are a public servant. You are out of your, it is not your right to deny the press access. You are fundamentally, by the Constitution, not allowed to do that. Well, he did do it. He brought one journalist. And that. I'm sure there's going to be a legal challenge over that because you cannot mm-hmm. show favoritism to the press. We'll see. Well, that's an, be, that's well, well, the that's cor- a separate point. Yeah. But, but the courts have, uh, like, the, the courts told told them that uh, t- ruled against Sean Spicer being able to say, "Oh, the New York Times can't come to our gaggle." Yeah, well, of course. Like, I mean, so that, you right. can't selectively choose your journalists like that and say, "Oh, these are the only ones that get access." Right. Freedom of the press is yeah. fundamental to a democracy. Well, but also, but uh, but here's the thing: they don't. He's not saying the press can't be there. He's just saying I don't want them to travel on my plane, which is a totally different thing. Well, they he, were there. He, he said they couldn't come to China. They were in China, though. Yeah, they had to get their he own. You could say whatever he wants, but they did go. But, I mean... Yeah, they had their own... I mean, I get it. It's an adversarial thing, but, you know, CNN can afford to send people there, or whoever. But there's not a fundamental freedom of the press in China, but if they're, if they're traveling with the Secretary of State delegation, right. they're, they're given access. On their own, they are not given inherently given access. Right. So it is fundamental to our democracy to have a free press, and he is trying to tear down the First Amendment right to a free press. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, of course, right? But this is, he hasn't even given a press conference yet about all the firings and everything going on at the State Department. The guy's in it. What, what he's doing is trying to damage American interests. He is trying to tear down the State Department. Supposedly, yeah. That Seems is that way. He is a dangerous man. He, I, You can't just make statements like that, but yeah. I just did. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, you're I, I liable believe, then. But. I tend to believe he is a, he's a, he's a Russian stooge at this point. I believe. I believe yeah. he's a Russian stooge. Okay. Um, 
here's the, here's the final quote from Tillerson on taking the job. He goes, I didn't want this job. I didn't seek this job. My wife told me I'm supposed to do this. And then he took the job. Hey, Mrs. Tillerson, mind your fucking business, okay? If he doesn't want the job, what are you doing? We didn't need him in there. This is like fucking, you have a responsibility, Clark. You got to go save the planet. Okay, thank you. We, we don't need this from Rex Tillerson. We didn't need this guy. And Joey, where are you? I'm here. I just, I, I'm upset that you bring Superman into the conversation. But I'm what saying do you want? Superman had a calling. You know, he has a responsibility. This son of a bitch could have just stayed in Texas or wherever. Well, so, so I think this Listen, Steve Bannon has a grand scheme. The grand scheme is to make sure the 1% has a greater stake. And who is a better representative of the 1% than Steve Tiller? So. Rex, Rex Tiller. Rex Tillerson. Yeah, whatever Steve the fuck Tiller. his name is. I'm sorry. George is made up a person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of Steves in the administration. I'll give you that. But. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, anyway, so those are some damaging quotes from uh, Rex Tillerson. By the way, nobody said anything about my good accent there. That was pretty close. He just has a great that deeper voice. Better. That's better, though. Yeah. But so. Yes, that was better. I, I think this does raise the question where, if Rex Tillerson wasn't looking for the job, where did his name come up? Because Trump the, decided. But, Trump brought him. He, but, it's in that article. Trump brought him far, to the. As far as I'm aware, there's no real connection between them, but for before the oh, Secretary well, of State job. Uh, sure. So, but there's a strong connection between. I mean, there's a, a known strong connection between Tillerson and Putin. Right. And that's the only apparent oh, connection between the two. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and he said he was surprised. Like, Trump brought him into the golf course or whatever and, like, met with him for an hour. And then at the end, asked him to be Secretary of State. And he's like, I was shocked. So, <laughs> this, this man come. With no apparent connection to the present current president, no real qualifications comes in and immediately is doing things in the benefit of Russian interests and tearing down the state and weakening our state department. Right. What What are his motives? What is, What is his goal? Yeah, I mean, again, but I think the overarching, definitely, I hear what you're saying there, <laughs> and I think there's something to that. But let's also not discredit the idea that. Republican orthodoxy and conservative orthodoxy for many years is like less government. We need to cut programs. We need to just eliminate departments. So, yes, there is smoke there, but the a lot of it is Republican orthodoxy to just get rid of these departments. We don't need them. Government regulation, blah, blah, blah. So there's, there's a couple of things at play there, but 100% is an unprecedented diminishing of the State Department. There's, there's no question about that. I, I don't think... I don't think Republican Orthodox would ever actually ever actually said the State Department was the real one you need to cut. Yeah, but they're okay. With, it doesn't matter. It's just something they can say. But they do with the EPA, they do with the education, but, all this stuff. But but they want American supremacy, and that requires a strong State Department. So how do, can you say? Do they want American supremacy? No, they want military might. You know, they, that's that's what they want. What got, what got him elected was make America great again. They want they want America to be the world leader. I, I get it, but but you but of course, but the people that elected him, do you think that they're even paying attention to this right now? No, they should be. Nope. Well, yeah, but even uh, forget even people that voted for him. Most people aren't paying attention to this. They know that a hundred years of uh, you know State Department people have been eliminated. No, they don't know. So you know, whatever. And and also, it's like, is the story that hold on? Is the story that you know Trump ran on "Make America Great Again"? It's like he's not. He he's doing the opposite. Like, yeah, of, duh, of course he is. Do you think Tyson's wife's a Russian spy? No, I don't. I think she's just uh, fucking too supportive. I think there's such a thing as too supportive. Like, like, what's her face? Falks. Too supportive. 
She is a good a good Southern wife, Joey. It seems, yeah, it seems like it runs in Texas. That's what happens. People are just too supportive. She just believes in her man. Yeah. That hit the, by the grace of God, he's going to do it. You got to right. run this country, Rex. You got to teach this world what a, what a real Texas man can do. Show them. All, what the, all right, I'll sh- do it. Show the world what the Tillersons are made of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Trump odds and ends, and then we're going to get out of here. It looks like we're going to be uh, under two hours this week. Wow. I know. I tried. I tried to keep it. A lot of people comment. They're like, love the two hours. It's like, hey, fuck you. No, <laughs> I like it too. It is. It helps us stretch out. We got to do it sometimes. But, you know, this week we, we were able to keep it uh, keep it cash. You say that, but the odds and ends could still stretch out for a while. Who knows? I, I don't think it will, but you're right. I mean, who, who the fuck knows? Mick Mulvaney. This is just a fun clip. Uh, if it weren't so sad, it'd probably be fun. But this is Mick Mulvaney, who's the Office of Management and Budget Director uh, under Trump. This is a two-minute video. He's talking about some of the budget cuts that they've made, and he's being questioned. Meanwhile, what's really irritating, if you guys look at the clip, it's on everywhere. You can find it. Uh, it was on St. Patrick's Day, so he's got fucking like Irish sprigs coming out of his fucking jacket. So he just looks like a little <laughs> moronic idiot leprechaun talking about budget cuts. So anyway, but here's uh, Mick Mulvaney talking about budget cuts uh, the other day, and it's uh, ridiculous. Housing and urban development and the community development block grants aren't exclusively about housing. They support a variety of different programs, including, in part, Meals on Wheels that affects a lot of Americans. In Austin, Texas today, one organization there that delivers those meals to thousands of elderly says that those citizens will no longer be able to be provided those meals in those communities. So what do you say to those Americans who are ultimately losing out, not on housing, but on other things that are taken out right. of this budget? And as you know, or I think you know, that Meals on Wheels is not a federal program. It's part of that community, that CDBGs, the block grants that we give to the states. And what and, 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 and many states make the decision to use that money on Meals on Wheels. Here's what I can tell you about CDBGs, because that's what we fund, right? Is that we spent $150 billion on those programs since the 1970s. These are $150 billion, what, a year? Or does he mean total? No, it's got to be a year, right? Since the 1970s. Yeah, he means total. Does he? So then that's $150 billion over 40 years is not that much money. I can't. I mean, I, that, that probably can't be right, though, right? On that government can't. scale, like, on, that can't be the case. It just doesn't make sense. These, the the, the CDBGs well, the have been identified. Yeah, the whole Meals on Wheels thing is only $3 million. That's all we're talking about. Right. Well, let him, let him say it, and then we're going to talk about it. But yeah, uh, yes, you're right. His program since I believe the first, uh, actually the second Bush administration, as ones that were just not showing any results. <laughs> that we can't do that anymore. We we can't spend money because on programs just because they sound good and great. What results? Well, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Meals on Wheels sounds great. Again, that's a state decision to fund. <laughs> it does sound great. What results do you want other than old people didn't fucking die because we brought the meatloaf? Like what? What is? What is? What results do you want? They need to be serving water from the fountain of youth in there so they actually get younger. Well, that's, they don't have that. <laughs> they don't have enough money. It's only a $3 million program. We can't fund the fountain of youth, yeah. goddammit. What about Ponce de Leon? What do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, Joey, so right, to your point, $3 million, Like, we could probably just keep that. It doesn't seem like something we need to get rid of. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Well, and it's also a thing. It's not only just about the food because there's a lot of elderly people that don't have any con. They don't have family or whatever. They don't have contact with people. That's it. When their food gets delivered, it's like, hey, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. Like, here's your food. You know, and they have a little human interaction. Mental health care. Yeah. It's just a it's just a nice program. And, ch- and checking up on them to make sure. like just That's what I'm saying. Right. It, like they can alert, get help if they're in need. It's, of course. It's not about not everything's about results. It's about 
taking care of people. Well, but you're right. Not everything is about results, but there are results here. Yeah. There obviously like there's demonstrative results. Like, well, we can't, we can't test it. We can't tell here. Right. He's about to say something bananas. That particular portion to it, to take the, the federal money and give it to the States and say, look, we want to give you money for programs that don't work. I can't defend that anymore. We cannot defend that anymore. We're $20 trillion in debt. We're going to spend money. We're going to spend a lot of money, but we're not going to spend it on programs that cannot show that they actually deliver the promises that we've made to people. So you're talking about programs that do work or don't work. There's a program called The Shine that's in Pennsylvania, rural counties of Pennsylvania that provides after-school educational programs for individuals in those areas, which so, just so happens to be the state that helped propel President Trump mm-hmm. uh, to the White House. I'm curious what you say to those Americans in a community where they tell me today that 800 individuals will no longer, children who need it most, will no longer be provided in those most needy of communities the educational care they need. I'm not familiar. Y'all are an advantage over me because I have to memorize all 4,000 line items. So let's talk about after-school programs generally. They're supposed to be educational programs, right? I and mean, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to help kids who can't, who don't get fed at home, get fed so they do better in school. Guess what? There's no demonstrable evidence they're actually doing that. There's no <laughs> demonstrable evidence they're actually oh helping God. results, helping kids do better in school, which is what, when we took your money from you to say, look, we're going to go spend on an after-school program, the way we justified it was, these programs are going to help these kids do better in school and get better jobs. So Mick Mulvaney is saying, listen, we can't prove that feeding kids makes them learn better. <laughs> we just can't. We, we don't know. They can't eat at home, so they're hungry. But I can't assume that giving them lunch is going to make them concentrate better in school. I, we just can't prove it. There's no way to know. We can, he's a monster. Well, he's an asshole. You know, and this is the administration. It's like, is this what you elect? This is what you elected when you voted for Trump? Like, if you're somebody that voted for Trump that's listening, is this part of it? Is this what you wanted? Because fine, because he's doing it. If this is what you wanted, then great. But I can't imagine that one of the big things that you wanted to happen was like, you know, those 800 kids in Pennsylvania, fuck them. Let's take food away from them. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it is a food, obviously it's billed as like a, you know, they eat and they learn, but it is a, a, a benefit for working families or single moms or single dads or whatever. It's an aftercare program that these kids, so they don't have to pay for a sitter or go home alone or do whatever. So obviously you can fucking tell what the benefit would be to have this. And how much is feeding these 800 kids? I mean, probably not that much money. I got to assume. Hey, Chris, Chris, quick question for you. Would these 800 kids make America great again? Well, there's no way to tell. Once again, yeah, sure, we'll give them some turkey. But there's no way to know whether they're learning. So I don't know. I can't tell. Can't tell. It's crazy. But that's the shit that they're doing. Here's a Trump quote about reading that I really like. Uh, And then we got one more thing after this. This is Donald Trump on reading. (laughs) Well, you know, I love to read. Actually, I'm looking at a book. I'm reading a book. I'm trying to get started. Every time I do about a half a page, I get a phone call that there's some emergency, this or that. But we're going to see the home of Andrew Jackson today in Tennessee. And I'm reading a book on Andrew Jackson. I love to read. I don't get to read very much, Tucker. Because I'm working very hard on lots of different things, including getting costs down. The costs of our country are out of control. But we have a lot of great things happening. We have a lot of tremendous things happening. Uh, okay. Trump says he's looking at a book. <laughs> Can you read some? Read a, uh, I, I think, a book at Trump's level? Uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Please read that for us. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> I'm going to build a wall, and it's going to affect you, fish. You stay in Mexico, 
Uh, anyway, yeah. So that so this idiot he can't get through half a page without getting. A, it's very bothersome being president. In between watching six to ten hours of television a day, and running the free world and golfing and talking to Melania, I can barely get through one page of a book. I'm looking at it, but I can't really get through it. What a, what a dummy! Do you understand? Bush, well, the I dummy, haven't... read so much. I mean, Bush was smart. But... Smarter than we gave him credit for. No, don't say that. Because he could read? Oh. Because he could read. Is I didn't say, say? say he was a good president. I'm saying he was smarter than we gave him. That he, he Based on what? Fact. Based on what? That he read a book? Joey reads. Comparison. He's so listen, smart. So smart. Listen. <laughs> Trump is literally looking at the book. All right? So right. you put the book down on the table, and he's looking at it. How much time is he spending looking at it? Is he looking at it 15 minutes a day? He could have read the book. He's just spending time looking at the cover. The cover's not going to change. He's not getting any new information, but he's still looking at it 15 minutes a day. Yes, he's like a great sculptor just staring at a thing of marble. He's like Michelangelo or whatever, just being like, I'm going to conquer you. You're my Everest book. <laughs> I'll get through you one day. I, Meanwhile, the book, he's, he's not saying what the book is. It's the art of the deal. I will hop on pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't know any more Dr. Seuss quotes. I wish I did. Actually, I he, want, he wants a, he wants a Ivanka to hop on pop. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's really true. No, yep. allegedly. Uh, no, no, it's, it's quite true. Yeah. Hold on, wait. I'm trying to get one. Uh, let me just get one more red fish, two fish. Hold on. <laughs> Here, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, oh, this is an invitation. God damn it. Hold on. Talk about. Oh, all right. Here's what we're going to do. Because uh, I'm going to look for more of these quotes. Hold on. There's an art. You guys have the. You looking up back to Seuss quotes? That's yeah, we're gonna right close. Now? We're gonna close with that. There. <laughs> you guys have the email in front of you, right, Matt? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay. The, so there's an article from Red State. This is the last thing I wanted to talk about. There's a Red State article about the GOP immigration poll that came out. This guy Jay Caruso wrote it, and the the headline is: Poll shows overwhelmingly uh, overwhelming majority of Republicans are rhino cucks on immigration. Favor path to citizenship. Rhino is Republican name only. Cuck is a thing, a cuck conservative. It's a thing that's thrown about on like far right, you know, the alt right. A cuckold is somebody that wants his wife to get fucked by somebody in front of him to like emasculate him essentially. And they throw that word around a lot of the time for people that aren't like hardcore Republicans. They call them cucks or rhinos. Uh, safe, safe space liberal cuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this guy wrote an article about a poll that came out. And Matt, why don't you just read what I have there? These are quotes from that article. Uh, wait, I was just in the email. From the email? Yeah. Okay. This one will hit many Trump supporters the hardest. A new CNN poll out shows a high number of Republicans, nearly 90%, support a path to citizenship and for people who are uh, here, here illegally. The opinion comes with quite a few caveats, but even, even with those it, those, it is a big number and leaves the shouts of amnesty sounding more like a whisper. Offering citizenship to those immigrants who are living in the U.S. illegally but hold a job, speak English, and are willing to pay back, pay back taxes is immensely popular. With 90, 90% behind such a plan, that's consistent across party lines, with 96% Democrats, 89% of independents, and 87% of Republicans behind it. Oh, so, damn it. So the vast majority of these people care about something, but they're liberal cucks. Right. They're rhino cucks. Fuck oh, them. Fucking snowflakes. <laughs> you need your safe space. 90% of you need to agree. Us, uh, us 10% are automatically right. So anyway, I just love that. I love that he's calling it, you know, it's like fucking rhino cucks. Because like, they don't agree. Because they're uh, like Tommy Lahrens now. Now they're, now they're pariahs. But when, 
their their motto is when you don't agree with some, when you disagree with someone, just make fun of them and try to belittle them. So you, well, yeah, just ad hominem. I mean, listen, that's the fucking the left does the same shit too. But it's just funny. I like why well, I love actually looking at red state. It makes me happy now. Uh, Joey, any final thoughts on this before we close the show with a you know a dramatic reading of one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish by Doctor Seuss? I, I have most of it. It says this goes up to page seventeen, so I'm gonna read it. <laughs> Go ahead, go. Just read it. Just go. Yeah, no, no, say, all it. right. Well, here's what, here's what I'm going to say. So, Samsonites, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the support. If you'd like to send us an email, it's at, no, it's mandatorySamson at gmail.com. You can also go on soundcloud.com slash mandatorySamson, subscribe, leave a comment on there, and we'll respond to that. Have a little post-show conversation. Um, you can also go on iTunes and find us. You can rate, subscribe, uh, all that stuff. That'd be great. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Mansamp. Joey's at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is, of course, spelled with a Z. Matt D. Weiss on Twitter. He's not active, but you, you know. I should, I should really be more active. Keep him from getting his account hacked. Yeah, um, th- thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. And here we go. I'm going to close the program with the dramatic reading of One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish as the 45th President of the United States, Donald John Trump. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, Black Fish. Bad fish, blue fish, old fish, new fish. This one has a little star. This one has a little car, presumably to drive over the Mexican border into the United States illegally. Say, what a lot of fish there are. Yes, some are red and some are blue. Some are old and some are unfortunately Jew. Some are sad and some are glad and some are very, very bad. And we all know where they came from. Mexico. Why are they sad and glad and bad? I do not know. Go ask your dad if you can find him. Anchor baby. <laughs> some, are th- some are thin and some are fat. <laughs> the fat one has a yellow hat. From there to here, from here to there, funny things are everywhere. Here are some who like to run. They run for fun in the hot, hot sun across the desert that we diverted them through when we built our big, beautiful wall fence. Oh me, oh my, oh me, oh my. What a lot of funny things go by. Some have two feet, some have four. Some have six feet and some have more. Where do they come from? I can't say, but I have a guess. But I bet they have come a long, long way. Possibly from the gang-stricken El Salvador. We see them come, we see them go, but we're ending catch and release, so they're not going anywhere. You mark my words. It's a big boon to the private contractors. (laughs) Some are fast and some are slow. Some are high, very high, on cocaine that they smuggled in from Mexico. And some are low. None of them is like another. Except I can generalize. Don't ask us why. Go ask your mother once again if you could find her. Anchor baby. <laughs> Say, look at his fi- <laughs> look at his fingers. One, two, three. How many fingers do I see? Here's two. Middle of the left, middle of the right. Go fuck yourself, China. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He has eleven. I feel like I'm forty-two. 26, 38. Remember when he did that whole thing? Uh, 11. This is something new. I wish I had 11 too. Stranger Things, 
in the fall on Netflix. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> This has been a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archived episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.